Hello and welcome to another episode in the Creating Customer Success podcast series. My name is Dan and I'm your host. And my name is Alex and I'm your co-host. In this series, we are interviewing customer success leaders to learn how to build and run the best CS teams. We hope you enjoy listening. So, um, Lulu, firstly, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Really excited to uh, have you as a guest. Now, um, I guess for our listeners, it would be great if you could perhaps maybe just give a quick introduction uh, into yourself and how you got started in uh, CS. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. I'm Lulu and I'm the head of customer success at HowNow. Uh, what do we do? Well, we are an ILP. What does that mean? <laughs> um, it's an intelligent learning platform. So we bring together all of the knowledge you have and you need uh, in one searchable platform. Um, and this is, it could be in your browser. Uh, this could be in your CRM, in uh, every apps you use every day, uh, everywhere you, you work. And why do we do this? Well, we do it so that teams can learn more skills uh, and just can work smarter, really. Um, and I've been with HowNow for about two years now, and um, I didn't start in tech at all. My The beginning of my career was in teaching. Uh, I've traveled a bit and worked with different audiences from kids to adults in companies, in institutes, in schools. So, I mean, really did nothing to see with tech. Um, and then I started to work with uh, student programs and really creating partnership with startups in Paris. And I thought, ooh, that's very dynamic over there. I'm interested in what's happening in tech and in startups. So I decided to really jump and dive in London, the big scary city, and just go for it. So if um, about 10 years ago you would have told me, oh, Lulu, you're going to talk about HTML and coding and scary things like that, I wouldn't have trusted you. But then actually, you know, in CS, I guess this is one of the things that we're going to talk about a bit later. You really have to learn and learn fast. So um, I decided to, I met Nelson once. I was so Nelson, the founder of HowNow. Uh, when I started to work in London in uh, Rocket Space, which is a co-working space in, in uh, North London. And he was starting a CS department from nothing. And I said, okay, let's do this. Um, and this is where I joined How Now. And was that your first role within CS or had you been uh, in other companies previously? So it was my first role in CS. I guess I had this approach to, you know, people helping and uh, being at the service of customer and having also a consulting role with, you know, yeah. by my previous jobs, uh, but nothing really in customer success per se. Yeah. I like the fact that you said as well that you had previously been in teaching because yeah. I think that's probably quite a nice transferable skill. But mm -hmm. Essentially, as CSMs, we're constantly teaching our clients how to use our products. So I imagine that probably helps you. Yeah. In that sort of transition. Yeah, absolutely. So, so especially to build, you know, the education side of, of CS. I mean, there is a lot of time you have to actually educate the customers to your product because you might know what your product can do very well, but you need to, to transfer that and to make this understand uh, your customer. But also, you know, some customer might need a bit of a more self approach to your product. They don't really want to be bothered with anyone. They just want to learn on their own. So you need to create the material for, for, for your customers so that they can learn and, you know, get creative 
enough um, and get comfortable enough with the product to actually be creative with solutions that the product can bring. So that was definitely one of the skills that I'm happy I had from yeah. as a background. Yeah. And I guess with that kind of conversation, so when you were first approached and you started discussing like building out the, the kind of customer success team, was there anything that appealed to you about like the sound of that opportunity? Um, yeah, what made you kind of think, yeah, that's that sounds of interest to, to what I want to do? Um, yeah, I guess, well, because we also started from nothing, for me it was very appealing to be one of the pioneers of the CS in at How Now. Um, and there was there is everything to do really so um you know from like i said building the processes from uh also building a team in the future but making sure that we have the good grounds to to start something with um to you know we didn't even have people to um to support <laughs> in the first place so we needed someone that took the weight away from you know the sales team from the marketing team the product team so that really we had someone only dedicated to the customers so um yeah and i i don't think i would have i was expecting the role to be this complete you know with touching so many uh different aspects so i mean Pretty much every day we talk to product team, we talk to sales team, we talk to marketing. So it's very diverse in what you do every day. No, I don't think there is one day really that is the same um, in customer success because one, you have the chance to work with the different customers that are different, you know, they have different stories, they have different uh, aspiration with your product. So, and yeah, and because you you con you you try to always put yourself in the customer's shoes with their different objectives and goals so i don't think it's ever the same so that was definitely one thing that also appealed me uh, but i wouldn't have thought that it was that diverse in the first place so it's really great i mean like i said i learned a lot about technology personally the real core of of tech and I mean, I would sometimes I find myself saying, "Oh yeah, you just have to uh, embed an iframe or thing," and I'm like, "Ooh, okay." <laughs> where did I learn that? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I know yeah. things, and I'm like, "Where did I? How do I know this?" I surprise myself, and even my, you know, my, uh, my teams as well. They're just, "Oh yeah, no, we definitely have an evolution in what we learn and what we have to know," because of course the product also get a bit more complex and. Um, sometimes the requests are quite complex as well, so you just have to get get on with it and learn on the on the job. I guess on the kind of subject of learning, so probably one of the reasons why we've done this podcast is just to help people learn from what other companies are doing. Mm -hmm. So when you first had that challenge of like building out the customer success team from scratch, as you say, where did you look for for learning about you know what to do first like what the priorities were was there any resources that you went to or anyone that you spoke to um so i guess i this is when i started um being in the customer success in london i joined the group um and you know it's it's an incredible incredibly diverse group of people that are monthly um i doing monthly events and so we met somewhere in london and um, you know, we, we talk about the different challenges that pretty much everybody in CS is facing. Um, and I guess maybe at the beginning, we, I didn't really know what customer success was all about. And I mean, still, you know, 
there is some doubts about ooh, what what do we actually have to do whether you know we're still not really sure about the kpis and all these stuff for for customer success so i guess even in the customer success fields there are still questions that we're like mm, okay we could probably do this better but how do we do it how do you do it at gainsight how do you do it at slack how do you do it at salesforce and there is always something to take on um, the different companies because of you know the size obviously and how long they've been around and uh, maybe the leaders that that are at the at the head of um, of these departments. So I think it's always good to to be part of the of the or listen podcast. I I'm going to be very honest. At the beginning, that was not my first thing. I was like, yeah. I need the answer now. I don't have time <laughs> to search. I'm gonna just meet people and there I'm gonna ask so, the questions yeah, I need. So this is, re it was very, um, very helpful for me. And obviously I had the support of, uh, of my team. So it was, it was really great to, to look around. And we also, uh, we didn't try to make it complicated. We just needed some things done as a priority for uh, the business to run okay, for the department to run okay, for our customers to, to be okay and, you know, to take them from a point A to a point B. To do that, we had to create a bridge between point A to point, point B, I guess. So that's really what at the beginning we focused on. Um, and yeah, then you, you build up and you make it better. You know, you, if you fail, you realize something is not quite working, you amend it and, and you just move from there. So I think that's quite a nice approach, actually. It's, it's probably something that we've heard a lot, just like test and learn with regards to different things. Because some, like you say, something that maybe happens at Slack and Gainsight, whilst there's probably things that you can take, there's maybe other things that probably won't work for like the stage that you're at with the company or maybe even just the product fit, so... Uh, yeah, absolutely. I remember once we uh, went to an event with Aaron, so one uh, of my team, um, we just re realized how one of the company had structure because every time you go to this type of event, they're going to present how it works and, you know, maybe a challenge they're facing. And they describe their team members um, and the different department within the customer success and all the their customer journey. I mean, in their customer journey, I think there were like 53 steps and we were like, okay, <laughs> this is not how it works at how now. Because yeah. we couldn't, I mean, we, yeah. we don't want to make it too complicated mm -hmm. either. We know the main, the main steps, but um, so we looked at each other like, okay, maybe we should. But at the end of the day, no. We, this is why um, we have decided to do something this way and I think it works. So sometimes you don't have to look too far, really. Yeah, I think one of the things that often comes up is um, like a mixture of prioritization and compromise. Mm -hmm. um, so with that in mind, what would you say are the main um, like challenges or things that you have prioritized from a customer success perspective? Yeah, so um, I know that we've worked quite a lot on this customer journey, um, but at the very beginning, it was really creating um, resource for the customers to be able to be self-served um, because our product is not difficult, um, but there is a lot you can do with it. You know, there is a lot of features that you could use. So this was really from... The moment you log on the, the software, the moment you log on the platform to know, okay, what does that do? If you want to know, there is video tutorial about that. If um, you want to 
add you know best guidelines i think this is always a good a good pr like best practices on how you could use it it's great because if you have an empty shell uh, with a product and you don't have a team around you which often happens some people sign off on on softwares and and they don't really know what to do with it at the end of the day so you end up with people that don't actually use the product so it was really prioritizing one the educational resources that uh, we wanted to give the customers if they didn't want to really you know either interact or if they wanted to be more on a self-serve approach but also the implementation plan for us it was a big big deal um, so you know from from the moment um, we have a customer Uh, getting interested in the product to understand really deeply what they're trying to achieve and why they're trying to achieve it. Because sometimes there is a va vague understanding of somebody joining a company. Okay, you have to do that. You have to, in our case, implement a learning platform. Okay, cool. But why do you need that? What are the things that you're trying to really achieve within the company, in your company's growth? Um, so, yeah, we really focused on the implementation to have also, you know, a smooth, um, free, stress-free um, implementation. It can be a, very, a big challenge because, you know, you have to be quite high touch uh, in some cases. Um, so it's a lot of time. It's, it's very, uh, you have to be very focused, but also you have to, to make the customer feel that, okay, you're on a little boat. We're going to implement this platform. It's going to be totally fine. No stress required. Um, and we have to do the, the, the job, but we actually need a lot of the customer's, you know, creativity and understand give them give him the him or her the expectations as well what what they can uh, what is going to mean to to be implemented etc so i think we really focused on that idea so that from a point a to a point b we were uh, having all of the different steps that would would be necessary and required um to to have a, a stress-free um, stress-free program and happy customers at the end of the day this is what you're trying to do um, you're trying to make sure that you um, your your software is meeting the needs of the customer so yeah it's a good strategy because i i find that probably the biggest challenges i've had in cs is where maybe i've inherited accounts that haven't been properly onboarded yeah and that's where the problems arise generally in a lot of instances if yeah. you can kind of get that yeah implemented successfully mm -hmm. then it just makes your life a lot easier because people are bought in you know the use cases yeah everything's aligned to like their objectives or goals mm -hmm. so, um, exactly yeah, like and this is exactly how you say i mean in i think in a lot of companies what is still not quite there yet is that you sell you sell you sell you sell You're trying to get your numbers high. But then once you've actually signed the contract, nobody is helping you anymore. Um, so, okay, you, you again, you end up with uh, a software that you purchased, but nobody is actually helping you implement it. And you don't really have an onboarding experience. And we really wanted to make sure that this onboarding experience was uh, smooth because... We do, yes, we do want to sell, but this is not the, I mean, it's, it's a people platform, so you have to be people-focused 
um, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think the point you made about like the self-service educational content is really important to that sort of journey as well because, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of helps with the high touch stuff that you mentioned as well. So if you have a journey that is mapped out correctly and people can follow like video content or whatever it is to sort of onboard themselves, mm-hmm. it then helps the CS team to focus on the exact challenges that that particular customer wants to overcome exactly and and you don't have to to focus on okay how do you do then all of your support is going to be um on on these questions that actually you can have one video and everybody can watch it so you can really be more on a almost consulting role and um you know helping with the strategy uh, of where you want to go and even higher so um yeah that's definitely very important for us and I guess with the creation of that learning material, how does your team structure their week so that they have enough time to like go back to general responses that are coming through the face-to-face engagement, but then also have the time to create really good like content or videos? That's something I've probably struggled with in the past, just the prioritization to not be distracted by the day-to-day activity so I can focus on those things that are going to make my life easier. But it'd be interesting to know like how you structure the team in order to build out that those resources, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, it is difficult to prioritize. I mean, I'm pretty sure 50% of the workforce would tell you the same, no matter if it's in CS or in something else. Um, I mean, I think it, it depends also on, on everyone. Uh, some people like to do things there and then, and it's it works for them. Uh, I personally like to, to to structure my day and my weeks accordingly and I think uh, for my team it's the same um, because we work on you know on sprints so we know that in the sprint the one for this month you will have to do x y and z it doesn't matter really so it's usually two week sprints um, and it doesn't matter when you want to do it how you want to do it if it takes you 10 minutes or if you need to, you require to have more people in a meeting, for example, uh, but that needs to be done by this, by this time. So we are trying to really make sure that all these deadlines are, are, are met. Um, but then you can, it's elastic, right? You sometimes things come up, you don't really have a chance to, to change them because it's a meeting with a customer or something, something happened, life happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I guess okay, that's nice. the, yeah. yeah, we found that we really found that you have these tasks that you have to do. Uh, maybe sometimes it's a phase one of a project, but then you know that from phase one in the second sprint you will move to phase two. So it's always helped us uh, structure our our time. Yeah. I guess I quite like the idea of the sprints actually, and it was probably something we spoke about Dan Farley with, and Alex mentioned this earlier about prioritization, mm-hmm. because. With that, you can then prioritize those tasks and say that this is the deadline. I think what a lot of people do at times is perhaps maybe put quite long-term goals in. So it's like, we want to create this content and it's going to be over the next three months and it never gets done because you haven't got a hard deadline or you haven't thought about like where that's going to fit in in terms of the priorities. So. Yeah, and then, oh, three months, oh, I have lots of time. That's okay. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so <clears throat> far away. You always think, oh... Anything that is in more than a month, I don't really think about it. Um, so, yeah, and it arrives quickly. And at the end of the day, you haven't started even um, think, thinking about what you could do and, um, yeah, the strategy of how you're going to do it. So that's why I think maybe doing, um, 
how do you say the word when you split it up in different um, in different steps uh, and different phases. So even if it's the thinking of okay, what are we trying to do with this? Or it could be a customer journey, for example. You know, some I, I remember talking with a friend of CS that took told us it took us six months to to create this the customer journey because we didn't really know we amended so many times or so you know it's easy to get into your emails and just spend the day to do, doing that um, but then it's not really the best um, efficiency that you could have so yeah I was gonna say like uh, and it kind of goes with the point that you mentioned in your intro in terms of trying to keep things simple and basic and mm -hmm. not complicate things and the idea of sprints like you say, does apply to that customer journey because you can say uh, over the next three months, um, we have X number of clients who are moving into stage one, stage two, and then you can uh, obviously map out the actions that need to be uh, taken during yeah, that period. Exactly, yes, because I think also uh, often you realize midway through of creating something that, oh, actually people are now at this stage and I don't think what we created for after is going to work. So you have to re-amend anyway. So that's why, yeah, this, the steps are very important because if you start with the end, um, creating something at the end, sometimes it's not as, as great. I agree. So, so a lot of people say it's very important to have something mapped out where you kind of have an idea of where this is going. Um, but... Yeah, it's not. All, it doesn't have to be very fixed and um, and firm. So perfect. Um, and in terms of how the team is structured at the moment, do you do anything around segmentation or like verticalization or anything like that in terms of how um, the CS team operate, what clients they're assigned to, what's in their portfolio, anything like that? Um, so at the moment, um, we we split it with the use cases so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a combination it's um yeah use cases and also the size um for us it's quite important because you're going to have different need that's going to meet different um touches so if it's high touch low touch um you would be surprised that sometimes with uh customers that have a lot of um a lot of users it doesn't require that much um um Touch. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you see that? No, yeah, like effort, I guess, effort, as well. Yeah. I think that's something we've been speaking to people about. Like, even though it could be a million pound account, mm -hmm. so therefore you may put one CSM on that. Mm -hmm. There may not be, you know, much to do. If they're on, they've been onboarded, they've got their use cases down, all the users know what to do, there's yeah. not in it any like inactivity, then it doesn't make sense to just have one CSM sitting there in case something happens. So e I get, yeah, exactly. I get what you mean. Yeah, and like I was saying at the beginning, for us, it's very important to get to nail down this implementation, this onboarding uh, phase. So I guess once we have quite a lot of customer coming in, uh, so we do have to split it this way and, and making sure that, you know, they are taken care of on this um, onboarding onboarding phase. So this is how we would split it by. It's a b combination, like I was saying, um, of, of size and, and the different use cases and why they want to use it for. Does that then allow um, each individual CSM to then specialize in certain types of use cases? So like... Um, you could have someone that works on like enterprise accounts and uh, knows how to use the platform for specific use cases and they can be the expert for that particular one. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we, we're trying to make everyone uh, touch a bit on everything mm -hmm. just so that they get a taste on, you know, 
uh, on if all of the different use cases. But uh, obviously, for you know, enterprise um, a bit high, more high end um, and complex projects, I guess there is always one uh, one senior person that will make sure that they are you know also um, answering any questions or or just having an eye on on the project. Uh, but we're making sure that you know we create a team that could do everything if it's required as well. And then they can say, oh, actually, I prefer doing these accounts because, and we give them the choice as well. It's, it's quite flexible. Was there um, any lessons that you learned? So again, I think what's really interesting here is because you've set this up from, from such an early stage, is were there any perhaps maybe mistakes that, m that were made or things that you would have done differently? So even from getting those first few accounts and then perhaps maybe hiring your first CSM, is there anything that you would have done differently? And also, what did you do at those those times? Like, what did you look for in the first hire? Um, how did you initially allocate those accounts over to a CSM? Yeah. So, um, I guess at the beginning, you know, m we, might, we might have tried to make it too complicated. Um, and we just created knots in our brains. Okay, oh, we need to, to make sure that we have all of these steps because it, uh, in the document I found or in the te the, the different teams I, I met, it, this is how they do it. So we should do the same. Um, so yeah, overcomplicating that. And same, you know, with the KPIs, we were trying to really have 100 different KPIs that we would track. And actually, at the end of the day, we realized that they could always be challenged because, for example, you know, with the churn, there could be some other reasons customers are leaving the platform or um, things like that. So we just realized that actually <laughs> we will again make it simple. Um, we don't want to we don't want to make the, the platform complicated uh, for, for our users. So why should we do it for ourselves as well? Um, so we just decided, okay, what is the main customer success focus? It's in the name. It's not yeah, rocket science. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> you just have to make your, sure your customers are successful. But this is the important part, is really to understand what is it, what does that mean? And this is, again, something you really have to ask, what is it that makes your, your customer successful? So we had for us in our case, it was just uh, user adoption, user engagement. Um, and, and then with this, you know that they found the need in your product and they found, um, they found it useful. Otherwise, believe me, if your product is not necessary, people will not use it. Um, so this is how um, really we, we decided to structure it and to just go to the basics but always with this customer focus uh, at the heart of our department. I think it's a nice philosophy because sometimes what can happen is, and I think I even notice this myself sometimes, you end up probably more like a startup scale up mm -hmm. where you may get to a certain place. It could be maybe looking after a certain vertical or looking after a certain type of value account where your colleagues then are working on perhaps maybe a different vertical or different value accounts and just have so much workload but it's already been set that this is your responsibility this is their responsibility and then on one side you have accounts that are probably not getting the best service that they could get because their csm is just so overloaded mm -hmm. and it's almost like well actually we need to think about that not necessarily just you know what the csm wants in terms of that um 
kind of segmentation of their, their accounts and they just want to work on a specific, like a specific vertical we're actually thinking customer first mm -hmm. you know can we make some changes there currently so that all of the customers are receiving the best level of service and i guess it probably comes through when you have that customer first mindset in every decision that's being made because you can identify those issues yeah. and then yeah i guess yeah that's, exactly that's it, and and I, I think sometimes, um, you know, at the at the very beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And actually, then we sat down and we're like, no, that's a waste of time. We don't really need to do that because then it means that while you do while I would have to prepare and and schedule all of this uh, overload of work, it meant that I couldn't actually focus on the on the customers, I couldn't actually help them. I couldn't uh, help them think and challenge them as well. So um, that was definitely something that we decided, yeah, to keep it simple. Um, and and concerning, I guess this is, yeah, the, to respond your answer your question about um, what is required in, in customer success, I would always say, I mean, uh, there is a lot of different approaches to, to this answer, but for me, it's always divided in uh, the two C's, scare and curiosity. Um, curiosity because, you know, you have to be inquisitive. Um, you have to ask the right question. Again, you have to understand and know why, uh, what, why is your product helping your customers? And, you know, you're, you, you're hearing what they're saying as well. So you have to be able to learn and like I was saying earlier, learn quickly because you will end up with accounts uh, in different sectors that you, you you cannot have a team that is special, one person that is specialized in every sectors and industries in the world. So you have to, to, to be able to learn quickly um, and to ask the right questions, again, to, to make sure you understand what's the objective of the project. Um, and and also, you know, have a bit of audacity um, with, with the customers, sometimes they will want to implement something and you will have to challenge that, uh, but always in a very trusting way. So I guess, you know, the curiosity part is, is super, super important uh, for, for us. And then the care is, you know, the human side of things. So being able to, to create relationship quickly, um, also, Putting the people first at the end of the day, this is you're their voice, you're the customer voice. So you have to make sure you, you stand up for them sometimes. And um, that if, you know, your tech or product team is saying, oh, we want to completely remove this. Well, no, because actually all of them need that and they really enjoy this part of the, pro you know, being being. Um, representing within the company, but you also represent the company in front of them. Um, so yeah, th there is, I mean, lots and lots of other qualities uh, that I could um, that I could say, which I forgot now. Uh, yeah, listening, of course, I, I was saying it's very important, um, and not being worried to also give advice because sometimes you know, especially on enterprise accounts, um, you would have oh we want to do this 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 and that, and. You know, you, you have to be strong enough, but have built, built this relationship that is trusting enough to be able to say, okay, but why do you want that? Because we are going to take you from point A to point B. But if we don't have all of the, uh, all of the little details of, of, 
why and how you want to do that, maybe we have the, the knowledge that you could actually do it much easier once again. There is no all this complication. You can just do it very simply because, you know, we've seen it done before or uh, we, we believe that it could be done in other ways. So it's also being comfortable enough to challenge always being listening and caring. Yeah, I think the care is a really important aspect of it. Um, curiosity is sort of hand in hand with the learning bit is how you learn about your clients and what they want to know. But then the ca the care is, I think maybe sometimes people mistake it for um, like relationship building for being the client's best friend, but you don't always have to be in that position. Like you say, it's more about being respected and that they trust your opinion. Um, and that's maybe more of the consultancy side of it as opposed to, because people can still renew even if they don't like, um, they don't get on with you that mm -hmm. well, as mm -hmm. long as they respect you and exactly. they value your opinion. Exactly. And, and they will see that, you know, there is also one thing that I, at the beginning, I found really challenging um, as a young CSM. I was always thinking I need to have the answers there and then on everything. So it could be a finance query, it could be a support query, a tech query, product, everything. And, you know, when I didn't know, it actually kind of affected me on a personal level a little bit. So that I worked on a lot. Uh, and I also told my team that it's it's okay. It, it, you will build a better relationship with the customer if you're honest. Sometimes you won't have the answers there and then, and that's okay. Sometimes queries are not going to be uh, done because of you know business goals so um so you have to just be honest and open um and you know if there is a problem use your critical thinking uh, skills as well and problem solving and you'll work together in a partnership with the customer to 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 face the the issue or you know the the challenge so i learned that the hard way actually so the first demo i did when i was a csm um, it was going really well and they asked me some questions and I wasn't quite sure of the answer and I tried to blag it slightly <laughs> and I was found out very quickly yeah. <laughs> and then it just and they got really annoyed and uh, ended quite badly which we did resolve it in the end but then after that somebody I spoke to was just like similar to what you're saying mm -hmm. if you don't know the, the answer just say I'm really sorry I don't know that right now but I'll get back to you later today I'll go speak with a colleague and people never mind that like you say if they get that honesty then that's, that's sometimes all you need to do. And it probably goes back to just keeping it simple. Like yeah. if you don't know the answer, yeah. go and ask somebody else and yeah. then just be honest. So. Yeah, and it's very important, I think, to also empower your teams to say you will sometimes not have the answer, especially, you know, in first demos or first Im implementation onboarding calls or at the beginning, you might have to say that for 10 different questions. Yeah. And it's a bit, it's not, It's you don't have to feel ashamed or embarrassed because you might ask it today, but tomorrow, actually, you won't need to, to, to ask it again. You will know the answer, so that's okay. Um, I mean, still today, sometimes there are questions that coming up that I have to say, oh, well, actually, I, I will have to go back to you on that. But because I've done, I've learned the lessons, and I know that, you know, the, the, the relationship is trusting enough that if I have the answer, I will tell them yes. If this is something we can do, I will tell them yes. Now they know that if I say no, it's it's pro it's not a hard no it's a no actually you could also do it this way it's also offering different solutions um I, it's not great to to just give a hard no to to a customer of course um so it's always saying oh not you you cannot do it this way 
but you can actually do it this way and it might work better for you as well. So it's always yeah, empowering the team to say, I do not have this answer now and, and going back to, to, to the knowledge and give them afterwards is very important. This is probably a really bad analogy. <laughs> very recently I was, um, so I'm looking to hire a suit or I have hired a suit for my wedding uh, in March. <laughs> Congratulations. And so I went into the shop, had an idea, I think, um, around like what I wanted. So I saw something online, went into the shop, and I was like, I want this suit with this and this. And the guy had worked there for 50 years. And the first thing he said to me is, I'm not going to hire you that suit. And the reason for that is you can get that suit or you can go and buy it from like Greece, Zara, like anywhere on the high street. So if you hire that suit, the likelihood is there's going to be a lot of people at the wedding with the exact same type of suit. <laughs> And then he advised me, so he was like, this suit, and he told me about all the materials and why that would probably be a better fit. He then matched that with, like, a waistcoat, shirt, everything along those lines. But as a result of that, because he challenged me initially, um, and he provided that, like, consultative approach, I bought into the whole package of what he was selling, as opposed to if he had just agreed with everything I was saying. And again, I was unsure, didn't have that knowledge. And that it just made me think like it was a really good buying experience. And mm -hmm. just thinking about that from a CS perspective, it mm -hmm. happens on a daily basis where clients have an idea around maybe a new product feature that they want or a particular type of solution. And it is kind of our job sometimes to steer that and provide that advice and recommendation to say, actually, that's probably not the best fit. How about we try this? So, um, yeah, hopefully that wasn't too bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was a great analogy. No, it's, it's true. I, and I, I tend to agree with that because, um, you know, also you could always, especially in software, I mean, you could keep building and building and building and building. It's never ending. But you, you probably want to, one, keep the core uh, message of your, of your platform the same. And of course, it's going to evolve, and that's okay. Of course, you're going to add features, but it sometimes it goes to the point where actually you lost yourself a little bit, and you you have features that nobody one really use it are using. Um, it costs it it you know it affects the cost also in the product of the product. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely something that is uh, necessary to look at and to to make sure one you stay. Uh, you stay true to your uh, platform, and and you yeah, and you challenge um, some sometimes the the customers. It's I think um, that goes back to what you were saying about working in partnerships with customers as opposed to them just being a standard customer. They want you to take on board what they're saying and challenge it and deliver the best solution. And I think clients are quite open. You know, nine times out of ten, they're quite open to being told that the idea is wrong. They basically want you to solve the problem. It might not be in the original way that they thought. Um, and that, I think that is the trend now that a lot of customers are looking to work as a partner as opposed to a client. Mm, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And um, I know that a few times, so we use, for example, Intercom for our help desk um, center. And a few times I was like, oh, I really want to do something in my head. It's very clear, you know, I had like some uh, fireworks that would come and and, <laughs> and um, obviously the, the CSM of, of Intercom challenged me uh, and she said, well, no, this is not really something we, we would do. I'm exaggerating, by the way, with the fireworks. <laughs> but that I really wanted to do something specific and she said, no, actually, there is a simplest, w the, the easy way to do is this and that. 
because if you do that, one, it will be complicated. Um, we there is This is the first request that came through, so we wouldn't do that. And then, you know, now I always go back and I'm like, okay, Intercom is uh, is a great true it is a great great tool for CSM um, and I really I, we use it every day in our team so I was like okay if this platform tells me that this is not possible and this probably have to learn from that and just uh, apply it to to our own department so yeah yeah good point uh, so the next stage is just around application and measurement and, and I know you touched on this earlier with regards to like KPIs mm -hmm. um, some of which may have been introduced uh, that perhaps maybe didn't deliver you know like the best results uh, so it'll be interesting to know like what KPIs you currently track at the moment and then also any that you have implemented that perhaps maybe wasn't as successful as you uh, yeah, first envisioned. Um, yeah, so on our side, um, we obviously used to look at the churn uh, quite a lot and we still do. Um, and, you know, when I got, I got started, we, there was a lot of uh, talk about the NPS and the health score and all that. Uh, I personally don't really like the NPS. I'm not a big advocate of it just because um, it's, you know, it's very now and then you had a bad day, just fill it in. Uh, you like Who likes to, to fill out uh, forms? I personally really don't like to. Um, except if I'm very, very angry, which is probably <laughs> not the best thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just we just decided not to not to go with it. Um, the churn, like I was saying earlier, it's it's a bit of a tricky one because there is so many outside factors that could come in. It could be you know change of management, it could be budget, it could be uh, different different factors. So same thing, we're looking at it, but always with a grain of salt. For us, what we really thought was important, like I was saying earlier, is the use, um, and this is really what we are looking at, is we think that if you have a good um, onboarding and implementation, people are going to use it. Um, and this is our role to keep helping. So we're using at the adoption rate and the engagement rate um, as, as a whole. And if you're doing that, we then are able to, uh, you know, ask for testimonials and case studies that are one helping us to grow our business, um, and also making sure that all other potential and customers are seeing what can be done. So yeah, if if you have, um, if you if you have a happy customer, it means that one they will use your they will log in. First of all, because so many times you have, you know, a thousand people uh, of supposed users and you end up with three logins. Um, so that for us, we really look at that and we make sure to to let the customers know to always keep track of, of their analytics. We have quite a big um, panel of insights in, in the platform that are really useful. Uh, but one of the main one that we uh, from an implementation part to, you know, all the way to the rollout is um is the adoption rate as well so what how long are they spending are they actually logging every day or not and how can we make that happen um so this is very important and if you have these two things 
the people, the the board teams that are implementing your product are going to be happy to give you case studies and testimonials. Um, so this is also something that we are really um, looking after. That's always a sign of a happy customer, isn't it? If yeah. they're buying more from you or if they're recommending you to others, mm-hmm. then it shows the value that they see yeah. in your products and exactly. your service. Do you have any um, like operational sort of day-to-day KPIs or is it more around... I guess you kind of touched on it earlier, but like empowering the team that they can have the confidence to deliver that success and that experience in in whichever way, or do you then set specific KPIs like uh, number of calls or meetings or anything like that? Uh, we no, not really. We try to really um, again be flexible. Um, we don't want to overload again the teams and. Um, I mean, sometimes, yes, we might have to amend a few things and say, actually, you need to call uh, these customers because um, you haven't. But it's we, it's funny, we were talking about this with, uh, with Nelson yesterday, that, you know, co- the relationship with the customer has to be genuine as, as well. So I wish that I could just call up um, the customers without even informing them uh, and with some of the customers you really can um, and you know it it's it has to be common sense but we were talking so with Nelson he was saying that um, sometimes you know you have this friend that you haven't seen for a very long time you used to see this person always and um, then you didn't catch up for a very long time and now it's too late well it has to be kind of the same with a customer if you feel that you don't know what's going on you probably would just want to drop them a call and say hey how is it going what what's happening what are what you working on and it's just this simple it doesn't have to be like a big oh let's organize a qbr with like 100 people and sometimes it's just that it's just to to activate this relationship so that they know that you're still there and you care and uh, you're curious about what they're doing, and of course, you still have your monthly uh, monthly catch up. Uh, but sometimes you you might you know you might see some some interesting thing and say, oh, by the way, so that I thought that could be interesting for you, mm. um, and that's just People as definitely simple. appreciate that. I think yeah yeah because again, it shows that like you say, you're curious, you're like thinking of them. I like the idea as well around like something of value that you think it's a mm. great way as well as just an excuse to mm-hmm. reach out to them but then also just keeping it simple it doesn't always have to be a big huge meeting that takes three hours exactly after everyone's day because they're busy we're busy yeah so i think the biggest thing that a lot of people value is time so if you mm-hmm. can give them more time back again that's going to help with the relationship exactly yeah and as you say, just keep it simple. And this is, it could be our, our slogan, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to suggest that. <laughs> I think it's already taken, though. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, so the, the last section that we've got is around trends and advice. Um, so firstly, so obviously you've worked in CS for about two years now. Um, so based on how you've seen the industry develop, where do you think customer success will be going what will be the next focus over the next few years yeah so of course it's always difficult to to say um i was listening the podcast from the last release and there is a lot of things around uh ai and machine learning i mean yes that's definitely probably something that's going to develop but um i'm not too sure one thing that i think will happen is that it will be a bit more defined 
uh, in a way because we are not a sales team. We're not a product team. We're not a marketing team. But then sometimes we end up kind of doing a little bit of everything. Um, so I think this is really going to get defined um, a bit more. And something also that's going to be really helpful is um, the KPIs or, you know, the data are going to be used in specifically for customer success um, to help growing. Um, and obviously, <coughs> there is people are going to be more comfortable becoming, you know, facilitators and consultants and, and things like that in, in the department. So, yeah, I think really it's going, we're going to kind of maybe draw a line between what is customer success and what is not, because like I said, sometimes you end up kind of touching on everything and it's okay, but it, it, we need to draw the line of what do we do? Do you actually, um, upsell or are you trying to help the customer because if you're if you're trying to just keep on numbers and selling selling this is not really um the the objective but if you're really focusing on the customers then helping them you might be able to upsell things um so yeah i think the data is definitely going to to develop a bit more because i mean now lots of companies have uh data analytics uh, and uh, like is it data yeah data and analysts data sort of an analytics um yeah, so yeah and yeah. so i think it will be helpful to have this data to um to gather around the customer success yeah, department that's a good point because i mean i even notice it like you go into so many areas like you mentioned intercom you can obviously do campaigns to existing customers yeah. whether that's in app or yeah just via email but you know, you've got to kind of have your marketer's hat on because you want an email that's going to capture their attention. Yeah. It's fairly interesting. Yeah. And that's traditionally more of a marketer's role yeah, to like yeah. think about those things. But then at the same time, mm -hmm. you could then have a conversation with a client and you're talking about value. You're talking about um, how we're going to kind of implement the products over time, which again could have been traditionally more sales from perhaps maybe a new biz perspective, understanding those needs, uncovering the pain points. So yeah, I do agree. I, it is literally an all-round job, I think. So yeah. yes, and you've got to have many hats. Mm -hmm. And it's it's one of the of the charms as well, I guess, because you are working with everyone. Uh, I mean, sometimes you know, maybe I don't know. Um, in other departments, you're a bit more isolated, but because of um, the the qualities of a CSM, you have to work, and because of the role as well, you have to work with everyone. Uh, in the company, which is one of the the attractions almost is it, this is why it's so great. And sometimes it can be this is why it's a bit challenging as well. Um, I remember that I went uh, to one of the event where the only conversation was about how do you make sure your sales team and your customer success team get along? Because it can be a very big challenge. Same for the customer success team. And the product team, there is some, sometimes, you know, it can be very clashy. We're lucky at how now we, we have great, um, great relationship with all the departments because um, it's, it's quite flat. But, yeah, it can be a bit of a struggle. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's also, yeah, making sure that we understand what is the role, um, what we have to do, and that it's a bit more defined. Fantastic. Brilliant, that's really good. And uh, I just guess with the last question, so something we've been asking people mm -hmm. is just general advice 
for anybody that perhaps maybe wants to break into customer success mm -hmm. or who perhaps even wants to sort of take that next step into a leadership role, what would be your advice uh, kind of, yeah, based on your experience? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I would never have thought that I would enjoy it that much. So definitely, if, if you kind of are interested into it, just go for it because I think it's one of the most diverse roles I've, I've seen um, so far and I've been in. Um, like I was saying earlier, there is no really, there's not one day that is the same as, as the other. So if you're uh, people focused and, you know, you, you like to, to help out and you're curious, go for it. And I think the best way to, to, to do it is just to start somewhere. The great way, the great thing with um, customer success as well is that there's so many different fields that you could have done before and you can take different roads and it will still lead to customer success. You don't have to have a background in a specific thing. I mean, I did languages um, at school. Who would have thought that I would actually... Yeah, I know I make a lot of mistakes in English. So. <laughs> no, no, but, no, no. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so, so there is lots of... I've seen people coming from marketing into customer success. I've seen people in PR. So there is... A, plethora of, of uh, roads you can take in order to arrive and it's very fulfilling when you know when you see that um, you've implemented a customer and actually right now today at this second people are using and they're using it with um, not with love it's a bit extreme but they are actually making sense of what you've created um, and and this is, is making them in our way better and smarter and faster. So I guess, yeah, it's very fulfilling. It's very diverse. Um, so yeah, just jump on it and you don't have to, um, to, to be worried. I think also the customer success environment is very friendly. You know, people really help out. So um, like I was saying earlier, joining groups uh, in London, there is lots and I'm sure in other cities uh, as well. Um, it's it's very friendly. If you have questions, people will help you, and you know they will put you in touch with other um, other departments of cost. I mean, other companies. So it's you know even you will just if you have a, a will to learn um, and and to go into customer success, go for it because it's definitely um, a thriving environment. Fantastic. Well, that's yeah, that's great advice, and uh, it was a great interview as well. It was really good to speak with yeah, you definitely yeah i got lots of notes um a lot which i think we're going to take away and probably even like implement ourselves so i think <laughs> the biggest message i took away is just keep it simple sometimes yeah uh, which is great so uh, yeah thank you for joining thank yeah, you very amazing. much thank you so much